Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. I am super, super duper excited for our guest tonight. Um, I, I watched uh, his documentary. Um, in, in, actually, I've watched it twice. I watched it a, a couple days ago over the weekend, and um, I rewatched it uh, this evening before we did the show. So it was fresh in my mind. And um, it's so packed of information that I knew this was one I would want to watch twice because it was just that good. It was just that good. And, um, yeah, my mind is kind of blown. My mind is kind of blown, i got to be honest with you. And, folks, you know, I wanted to let everybody know I'm so excited also that we're on this topic. Um, we've done a couple of uh, People that are, uh, you know, in, into the UFO or UAP, they call it now, uh, topic uh, over the uh, last couple of years and whatnot. And, you know, we had a guest, uh, I think it was last week. It was pretty quick, uh, a couple weeks ago maybe. And, um, you know, there's the, the big contact uh, in the desert uh, seminar coming up, get together, meet up. Uh, it's the big, you know, that's the biggie. And, um you know, I heard you guys. I heard you guys. I got all these, uh, well, I call them emails. My, my wife, who's a little younger than me, says, no, they're DMs. Um, everybody slid into my DMs and was like, we want more of this type of material, uh, this type of content. And um, I got to tell you, man, I got to tell you, it's the end of the month. And so I get the little thing where they send you, you know, the number of listeners and all that and uh, the percentage graphs and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, exciting podcast uh, stuff, and yeah, a uh, lot of listeners, a lot of listeners. This is obviously a very, uh, and that makes me happy because one of the things that I'm going to talk to our guests tonight about was in the mainstream to me, and and I guess I was wrong on this, um, and and you know that's that's fine, uh, but, but there seems to be a lack of. You know, a couple years ago, all these videos dropped. Well, you know what? Let's get our guest on. We can talk about this because he's an expert in this. He knows all about it. This is his stock and trade and business. Um, without further ado, I would like to welcome uh, writer, director, producer, filmmaker, television host, um, Mr. Ron James. Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, How yeah. I'm doing great, doing great. I know it's a zany week for you. I know it's got to be. It's got to be. Um, leading up to the yeah, contact, you got a new movie or a documentary that's yeah. Oh, man. I can't even. I bet your cats are mad. They know you're going out of town, you know, <laughs> or your dog <laughs> or whomever, you know. Yeah. Oh, they, there's, a, there's a little dog that always knows. Oh, my. Some of the shots you got in this documentary – well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to, I, but I was blown away. I'm like, how is he not getting arrested? You know, <laughs> just, yeah, just hanging outside his aerospace uh, factory. You know, no big deal. You did it though. <laughs> you know, 
pretty cool. Boy, I'll tell you um, more about that story. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, first off, I wanted to, you know, I, this is great. And I've got, I'll, we had, um, last week we had um, Alan on, in, in, um, who's going to be one of the speakers at the contest. And, um, you know, I got all this response from people uh, from the podcast here saying, we want more of this. And that gave me hope, um, not just for our podcast, but one of the things I have been disappointed in is that people aren't in the streets freaking out, you know, demanding more information on this. You know, so, oh, we got some videos, uh, you know, we don't know what it is. Um, you know, next, there's, look, there's a Chinese Bible, you know. I mean, it was just so swept, just swept away. And I'm like, am I the only one freaking out about this? I can't be, you know. And, no, apparently people are into your world, into this topic, you know, a lot. And, um, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and you just wrote well, a you know, great documentary. Appreciate it that you think that about it. Um, the uh, the reviews have been pretty solid, most of them. And uh, it's very, um, what do you call it? Um, it's very gratifying to have people appreciate it the way they seem to be appreciating it. Well, I mean, part of me wasn't surprised because I know that you're, you know, super professional. You've got, you know, a studio, you know, Hollywood studio, television studio and stuff, you know, and you know how, obviously you have people working on this that, and, and you know what the hell you're doing, you know? I mean, and that, it really came through in this documentary. This did not look like this was somebody's garage or something. I mean, this looks... A plus, chef's kiss, as the kids say. You know, I mean, this was really good. Um, and you couldn't stop watching it. I can't believe some of the information I learned from this. It's crazy. Yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to make a different kind of UFO doc. There's so many that are out there, and people ask me all the time. They'll, they'll say, "Well, what's one film I could watch or one book I could read?" It would bring me up to speed without a bunch of sensationalism and a bunch of conjecture and things that can't be proven. And accidental truth, there are people that says, well, we already know this stuff, but I guarantee you, even if you're a seasoned UFO person, there's going to be things in here that you don't know. And um, mm-hmm. the, uh, everything that's in the film has evidence to support it. Uh, government documents that are cross-referenced with eyewitness uh, testimony from people that really know what's going on. Um, you know, right. we've got the, the cream of the crop here. We've got Dr. Michio Kaku, the world's most famous scientist, commenting on time travel and wormholes and, and all of the different things. It was amazing. Government... It was amazing. I mean, I was, I was so impressed with all of this. And it was really well done, and I'm sure this was done purposefully. You kind of ping-ponged. Somebody would have uh, make a statement you know, or, or about a topic or, or you know, part of, because there's so many uh, veins of this whole thing. Um, and then you would have somebody, you know, kind of on the other side of that coming at. And it was, it was cool. You, you, your mind put the pieces together. You, there was nobody on there saying, well, this is the way it is. And it's the only way it could be and blah, blah, blah. But as a viewer at the end of it, you're like, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I think there's something afoot, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was really well done. 
So I, I really appreciate I, I took the approach as if I was, if I'm an attorney and I'm in court and I'm making the case to, to a jury, I tried to lay it out like this is the evidence. There's, it's, it's pretty irrefutable. And I'm not saying, I'm not asking you to believe anything, and I'm not asking you to believe any of the people, half of which are lying. <laughs> we don't realize it. Right. We watch it a second or time. Um, we're not making any judgments. We're just laying it out for people, and they can make up their own mind. Well, you know, I'll tell you something. I used to uh, have this joke that I would tell at cocktail parties. I thought it was very clever. I thought it was a, a good joke, funny joke. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, I've been to the post office. I can't see that many people in the government covering something up. Ha, ha, ha. I thought that was very clever. Um, and then WikiLeaks happened and Snowden and all that. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I was wrong on that. And absolutely could happen. You know? Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Even Kaku, you know, with the Kaku with his, you know, was I just watched a thing on uh, I don't know a couple weeks ago where he's like, yeah, it turns out we could have been off on the age of the universe, <laughs> you know, thanks to James Webb. You gotta own it when you're when you're you know when new information that's science, you know, when you when new information appears, you, you can't. I don't know this whole thing with the UFOs, UAP, whatever you want to call it. And, and the government's response, you know, it's just ridiculous, some of it. You know, yeah, it's a weather balloon. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, what's that big burn mark in the ground there? I don't know. I, I think it might be something more. I don't know. It's getting really hard to watch. I mean, today NASA came forth and said, oh, yeah, we're going to start looking at this. It's like, excuse me? Um, you know, we have so much overwhelming evidence that you guys have been covering up stuff for years, and you're going to come and right. go on national television people and say, oh, yeah, we're we're suddenly interested. <laughs> I have a joke. Watch the Senate hearings. Watch the um, uh, watch the NASA uh, rollout. Watch the, watch the things that the government's saying, and then watch Accidental Truth, and then watch it all again, because right. you're going to understand what's really going on. Well, it's, there's got to be something happening. I, you know, I, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. We, uh, you know, there's just so much stuff. I keep, in, where I'm sitting right now in my studio, I have a, uh, a book, this big pink book. Uh, what We had a guest on. I'm trying to remember her name, and I, for some reason I'm drawing a blank right now. But anyway, she had, uh, her and her wife had documented, I think it's like from 2000 to 2021, something like that. Um, all the reported sightings and whatnot. And folks, this isn't a pamphlet. This isn't light reading. This is a thick, I mean, you know, a couple inches thick, and it's just page. And you can go, it's cool because you can look up your county or wherever the hell you're at, and uh, you're like, whoa, look at all this stuff in the neighborhood, you know? And I keep that there on the coffee table in here, because people come in here, you know, usually to buy a painting or something, but they come in here and they're like, what's, what's that? What's with this pink book here? And I'm like, that is unexplained. That's a bunch of data that should be explained. Somebody should be looking into this. Uh, besides these ladies who wrote the book, you know, um, come on, come on. And you presented even more with your documentary than that. I mean, there's, 
I couldn't believe the whole debris. I don't want to give anything away. I don't. I got to be careful here because I, I want people to watch the documentary. But yeah, they're like, oh no, there's nothing there. Oh, but we might have some debris. Well, why do you have? Why did you build that big hangar then? You know, I mean, obviously you have stuff. You know, it's, I guess they just think we're yeah. idiots. I, like I, I said, the um, the evidence speaks for itself, and. You know, one of the reasons it's called accidental truth is because we have a lot of people that didn't really mean to tell us what they told us, and um, right. you know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of priceless Mastercard moments. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It could be from Pleiades or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, really? Let's put a pin in that. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh! Exactly. So much in it. So much in this, and you know, it was really well done. And you know, the graphics and everything. And like I said, you wound up outside of um, oh, what's the space is aerospace company? <laughs> you know, you're like, look at all the senses. I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, white uh, with red Aero. logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that you was aerospace. Yeah, yeah, I, I went there. How did that happen? Um, well, I was hoping Robert Bigfoot would give me an interview. But, but you know, it's funny. When I was shooting that stuff that day, I picked up a black SUV that followed me around for the rest of the day. And so I was very frustrated with that. So you know what I did? The next day, I got up early. I went to Home Depot, and I bought a lawn chair. And I went and I parked <laughs> the lawn chair right outside the gates of Bigelow Aerospace. And I set up my camera. And I, and I just shot myself sitting there talking about all the things I knew about what went on inside that facility. And I just waited. Mm. I mean, if you're going to follow me around with an SUV, let me just go somewhere and sit. And if you have something to say to me, then bring it. You know, so that's what right. I did. It's really funny. Pictures and video of it. Um, it was just hilarious. Well, you know, and it, it, it didn't surprise me. It didn't – got to tell you, Ron, I grew up in Detroit. Uh, Metro Detroit, Every growing up, everybody I knew had somebody that worked in a factory. And something you learn um, in that area growing up, the guys, the men and women on the line doing the work, uh, when the guy with the, bit, with the tie comes out of the office and comes down to talk to the people on the line, he usually ain't their friend. You know, oh, no, we're not closing the shop. We're not closing the factory. Uh, don't worry. That's just a rumor, you know. And then a week later, it's being closed. Um, and so, you know, I've always had, you know, I'm, I'm an old punk. I've always had kind of a healthy disregard for authority and whatnot. Um, or not, I shouldn't say disregard, distrust is a better term. Um, so it didn't surprise me that, you know, uh, all these, you know, when they start talking, well, there might be some debris, but we, we haven't reversed like you told us there was no debris last year, you know? Now you're saying the reverse yeah. engineering ain't working? That all this new tech's coming out? <laughs> you know, I, come on, people. Um, what's, what's tomorrow's well, you know, going to be? That's a really yeah. funny thing. It's like, you know, Chris Mellon, who's the uh, former Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, he came out with that story in the Washington newspaper saying the government's not studying UFOs, and, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy who would know. And we knew that wasn't true. And so I asked him point blank because I had the chance. And I said, you know, Chris, you said the government's not studying UFOs and you had access to this stuff, but we know it's not true. We have all kinds of evidence that it's not true. So, you know, how do you reconcile that? 
And, you know, he didn't sit for that question for anybody else before or after I asked mm. him. Um, and I was lucky to be able to get to him and ask him that point-blank question. And the way, the way he answered it, which is in the film, is basically admitting that there's a, probably a group that's studying crash debris um, that he didn't have access to. And, and, that he didn't and know that was about like, yeah, that, that was priceless. I mean, to me, that's an admission. It's as close as you're ever going to get, um, at least in the current yeah. landscape. And the same thing with Absolutely. Llewellyn Dodo. I mean, that didn't mean to say. He said things that he's still not saying in public. Well, and, it, you know, it amazes me. You got some, like, just the access to some of the guests in this, you know? I mean, oh, man, I want to go to a dinner party at your house because, holy moly. <laughs> Well, you, you know, know, they wrote the story in the New York Times, so I went and got the guy that wrote the story to talk about it, Ralph Blumenthal. Um, Lou Elizondo was obviously the guy running the program, so I mm -hmm. got Lou Elizondo. Um, then, then we had, you know, we need to talk about the science of all this, so I got, you know, not only the scientist that, uh, you know, arguably the world's most famous scientist on here talking about wormholes and warp drive and everything else, but then we also have the guy who has admittedly, and since the movie came out, is even being even more candid about the fact that, yeah, I studied crash debris, and yes, there's extraterrestrial technology here on Earth. It's absolutely here. And and he says that for the first time in my movie. Um, and, and now he's out saying it everywhere. Um, That's so amazing. That's not amazing. the right people. You know, we got the first time ever that a sitting congressman has come on, on into a mainstream UFO documentary and talked about the government cover-up. That's never been done. Um, so, yeah, there's a, it's the right people he was awesome. in the film. <laughs> he was, yeah, wasn't he? I don't want to give anything away, Ron. I don't want to give anything away. But that he was at the end of the movie, at the end of the documentary. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to get some blowback on this at the poll. And... And yeah. taking his mic of off, I'm like, oh, my. good for Tim Burchett. Oh, they got to see it. They got to see it. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In Season 1, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun. 
Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com, Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, The Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course, The Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool. Um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. This is amazing. This is, let me ask you, Ron. Now, when you were a kid, you obviously, you know, you went. You you got film filmmaking down and, and documentaries and, and all this kind of stuff. You know, you were, were you into all this kind of stuff when you were young? Like when you were a kid, did you figure that this was what you were going to be doing? Entertainment, making movies? Well, no. Actually, that's interesting. I was a writer for a while, and then I had a screen printing company where I literally made. Um, uh, I had a company of printed T-shirts and graphics for ads and stuff like that. Um, wow! And then I kind of got into the, uh, the the media stuff with um, uh, doing videos and stuff late in life. And I was com- I'm completely self-taught. I've never had any formal training, but um, wow. yeah, I had a knack for it. And I ended up doing a lot of music video work. I've worked uh, on Guns and Roses and Smashing Pumpkins. And- <laughs> Again, good dinner parties, folks. Get to Ron's house. Oh my God. Yeah, we just I just had Tim McGraw's guitar player over at my house, and we were jamming. It was pretty fun. No, so you know all these people and whatnot, and then you know people in this world too, in in you know studying this stuff. Um, And and I don't want to use any of the terms because I think they're all kind of derogatory, the fringe stuff, all this kind of stuff. But um, because I don't think it is French, I, I think you know this is unexplained stuff that hasn't been figured out yet. You know, um, oh, I'm telling you, folks. I'm telling you, if you know any doctors, start talking medical stuff with them, and and just ask them. Say, yeah, what don't you guys know? And you'll be so scared at the amount of things <laughs> that you think. Shit, they, everybody should have a pretty good beat on in 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 that world. There's a lot. There's a lot. And I think this type of information is in the same boat. Um, but you had all these people that know, and, and these were a clerk, you know. Well, we've got the file person here on, you know, that might have overheard something third hand. No, you have 
yeah, I ran this program uh, that top secret for, you know, 10 years. <laughs> it amazes yeah, so, me. You know, Colonel Don Alexander is a very mysterious figure, and anybody who knows anything about him knows that he's knee-deep in all of this stuff. And I interviewed him three times over the years, and he came out in this film and admitted that he'd been running the very kind of program that he spent years denying existed. Oh, there's no programs like that. Oh, well, except, you know, for the, the one we're running right now. Um, but that was that was classified secret stuff for a long time. And, and occasionally I'll well, hear people you... say that, you know, we already know all this stuff. And I'm like, no, you don't. There's, there's a lot of stuff that came out in this film that has not been out to the public. It's so mind blowing, and and uh, Colonel, but I believe it was it Hamilton or something, uh, Alexander Hamilton. Alexander. No, but okay, that, that's Colonel Alexander. But they wouldn't even um, the the army like we can't even confirm that he's even a soldier. <laughs> so we're sending him that a was chat. off the charts. Um, and and, and oh. the reason it was off the charts is because. When you do a Freedom of Information Act request on somebody in the military, there's a standard set of information they're supposed to give you. Basically, you know, their name, their rank, and, and other things. It, it's, it's standardized. But for John Alexander, the, the military refused to even acknowledge that he was in the military, even though we know he was. We've got the pictures. We've got the records. Um, but he ran so many secret programs for the government. I mean, that's all he did was run secret esoteric very strange programs. He was involved in the remote viewing. He was involved with MK Ultra, which mm. really was a thing. Um, he was involved with uh, this non-lethal weapons research that was actually getting pretty crazy as far as the kind of stuff they were looking into, mind control, um, you know, like black magic stuff, just crazy stuff. And so this guy, you know, if, I, I, I honestly think I, I joke, um, luckily with him, <laughs> Uh, but, but it's like, you know, John, if there was ever this guy that could tell you that he'd have to kill you, I think it's you. Right. Right. Absolutely. It it, it, was, it was crazy. I, I cried out of television. Uh, you know, I was watching this. We had this big TV in the back, and I was watching it on that, and, you know, that, that happened. And I'm like, you know, because you showed the picture right next to the statement from the, from the Army uh, saying, yeah, <laughs> you can't. You know, and I'm like, what do you wear a Halloween costume? It's right there, man. Um, <laughs> Pretty funny. You know? Yeah. Oh man, and you know, I get, and I get what some of your guests were saying too. Hey, man, if this if this is like a serious, you know, uh, take us to DefCon One type deal, you know what I mean? I get. Maybe the, they don't need to release this. But the other guest made a good point. You know what? Say, hey, there is something to all this, folks, that we can't tell you because, you know, pretty heavy duty. And, um, you know, we don't need people jumping out the windows or anything. Um, fine. Let us know that. But don't, don't treat me, you know, buy me dinner first. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. And a lot of this stuff that they come out with, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it's simply that, and I'm like, I'm not that stupid, <laughs> and I ain't some big genius or anything out. I ain't one of the guests on the show, um, you know. Oh man, you know, one guy's finding new parts of the brain nobody's ever found. You know, I mean, it was heavy duty, heavy duty. <laughs> I was impressed. Well, you know, I tried to just people that the lay of the land is like, 
some people have said stuff about, well, you know, you, you're basically giving us a history lesson for the first half hour, but in order to make a Sorry, I had to cough. In order to make a self-contained production that, that's, that, that told the story within its framework, there were things that we had to go over. And even, like, having to revisit some history stuff, I was able to dig up some fresh information. You know, we've got an unpublished interview with Dr. Edgar Mitchell where he talks about how he was able to get access to confirmation of aliens at Roswell. Uh, nobody's seen that before. It's, it's, it's spellbinding. And then, of course, the, uh, the whole historical perspective of Project Blue Book coming from J. Allen Hynek's son, who lives through the whole thing. That's the perspective yeah. that I don't think anybody's heard. No, Especially no, it was that. amazing. Was it Goldstein or something? I, what, was one of the guests you had? There were so many. I, I get turned. I should have taken notes. I should have written stuff down. Um, you know, I was too caught up in it. But there was one, you know, and he's, well, what do you have to say about these notes, these 16 pages of notes um, that were leaked? Oh, I, I, you know, we don't know anything about that. And, uh, that could have happened, but, you know, we just never knew anything. And the, the one senator guy's like, what are you talking about? You're supposed to be investigating this stuff. Pretty big stuff, you know. It, it, I, I was blown away. I was blown away. It amazes me that you – no. You know, you, you mentioned the black car uh, SUV following you around. I mean, do you get a little nervous? Because, you know. Uh, you know, this, the, the whole process of making this film made me very nervous. I realized that I was unveiling a, a lot of deception, of making it very clear by some very powerful people, some of whom are actually in the movie, and, and, and they don't realize that we know they're not telling the truth, which is fun. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll tell you, the thing that's, that – in, during while I was making it, I, you, there'd be times when I'd come in my house and, and my computer's just chattering away like somebody's milking my hard drive, um, and, mm. and data is is being transferred. Like I, I was being watched. When you know, I'm the media relations director for MUFON, which is a mutual UFO network. Um, we're the biggest right. organizations. The topic, and so that comes with a certain amount of surveillance. <laughs> I mean, you're you're always being watched well, uh, when, when I, you're doing this. It I got can see it crazy. happening. Yeah. And, and I'll I tell you, the thing really that really to, to make me nervous isn't so much that the government might get mad at me for putting this film out because if they didn't want it out, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd be in the desert somewhere. Um, but, right. you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot to gain and lose by the UFO field right now, and it's about a lot of money. And and mm. what I'm learning, you know, there, there's other people that have a little – piece of this media pie that will stop at nothing to keep it. And and so there's been assaults on the film, there's been challenges to the film, there's been people just out there trying to attack the film that, that are clearly part of an organized effort. Um, people saying things about the film that it's obvious they haven't even watched it for them to be able to say it. Um, trying to drag down the ratings on the, on the platforms. Uh, the distributor mm. was threatened several times by people that if this film gets put out, we're going to, we're going to go after you. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's not over yet. I thought when it got, I, I literally sat, it came out on April 18th of this year and I literally mm. was watching the whole time. I was not going to be surprised if it did not drop I, until I saw it live on Amazon prime that night. 
I I still thought there was a chance it was going to get killed. It it hasn't been a fun process, and it's not getting any better. And folks, I'm going to be posting when I, when we convert this uh, to the podcast, I'll be adding it, the direct Amazon link I'm seeing on our, our show page here that for some reason it's not on there, um, but it will be as soon as we finish up here within 30 seconds, it will definitely be. And you will have the direct, um, you know, so you can watch, you got to watch this. Got to watch it. Hey, Matthew Modine, too. You got to narrate this. That was fantastic. Yeah, you know, we got to um, talk about that. Matthew Modine, Dr. Brenner in Stranger Things, Joker in Full Metal Jacket, and he's he's playing he, a big role in this upcoming uh, Oppenheimer movie uh, from Christopher yeah. Nolan. And he actually plays this guy named Vanover Bush, who was uh, supposedly a member of MJ-12. So that's pretty funny. Mm. And here he is. Now he, he probably got scripts like, yeah, I know all about it. Know all about it. I just did this. This is amazing. One of the Actually, things, Ron, that I learned. Yeah. He really. Didn't one of the know things. I, well, you know, I mean, how could you not though? I mean, you you watch this and, and you come away from it, and you're like, holy moly, holy moly. There's a lot Brother, of shit happening no. here. He has been so supportive of this whole thing. And, and his personal feeling about the movie, he, he just loves it. And and it's like, you can't buy that kind of support. A guy like Matthew Modine, you, you know, you hire him to do something, he comes in and he does it, and that's the end of it. But that's not what this guy did. He he asked, he says, you know, I'm really into this project. I want to be a, I want to be credited as a producer, and I'm willing to throw mm-hmm. some power behind it and get it out there and tweet about it and talk about it and help you sell it. And that's what he's done. And, you know, you can't buy that kind of support. I just feel so no. privileged that, that no. he brought that to the table. It's amazing. Yeah, everything about this film is so cool. Yeah, I got to tell you, Ronnie, even the, even the logo, the font on the logo, I didn't realize those were little ships that were moving until I watched it on the big TV. And I'm like, hey, how cool is that? I want moving. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, that logo, there's nothing in the movie poster that isn't there by design. I, I created the movie poster. I had a Photoshop guy help me. Um, name's Scott Nice, who did a good job. But everything in the poster is symbolic of something in the movie. And um, the, even the words accidental truth, those little drips that you're talking about, the, the animated uh, movement in the logo, that represents the, what we call the slow drip of disclosure. And then if you look at the words, you see the word truth and denial are built into the title graphic, Accidental Truth. That's so cool. It's so cool. And, and the movie starts. The movie starts with that great explanation of what an accidental truth is. And, yeah, you had a bunch of them in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wrote it, but it's like, uh, let's see, an accidental truth is what happens when a combination of statements and evidence lead one to a conclusion that was not originally intended to be revealed. <laughs> and that's pretty much exactly what what the movie is. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's, it was amazing. One of the cool things about this, too, is it touched on, uh, you know, there's, with my weirdo friends, um, you know, I'm a painter by trade, so, of course, I've got very interesting friends. Um, and there's one in particular, she's, um, uh, <laughs> she's a painter too, but, but she's into all, she's, oh man, is she into, uh, 
If she could afford it, she'd be to contact in the desert uh, this coming weekend. I'm telling you right now. Um, and you know, the thing is, is uh, she was telling me, she's like, well, I had never even had the idea or the concept of, of um, robots or AI or, or any of this, you know, that came up in the documentary. I'm like, I just heard about this three days ago. Are you kidding me? Because I was telling her about the documentary, stuff, you know, and she's like, well, you know. Yeah, well, you know, Dr. Gary Nolan, who's in the film, he's coming out now publicly saying that he believes that what we're seeing is technology, alien technology, that is basically AI um, that's being deployed uh, to to go through all this stuff. So yeah, even even this guy is like down for that. And so well, he's admitting a lot more, but he's admitting it because he has to because we you know, we kind of backed him into a corner in the movie, right? In a in, in a friendly <laughs> way. In a friendly way. All of it. I mean, I don't think, I, I, you know, maybe those guys who are reporting to Congress might be a little embarrassed because they just talk about not reading the book. You have to do the book report on, oh, my gosh, that's how they came off, <laughs> you know? You're showing up in front of Congress. You should know. You know, maybe they do. Maybe they, um, they probably do more, know more than they Bad, but well, see, everything's so compartmentalized and stovepipe that nobody, there's, I don't even think there's hardly anybody out there that really knows the whole story anymore, especially in all the stuff that happened that, they're, that they've been covering up for all these years. It might just be, um, it might just be gone for good, unfortunately. Mm, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, you know, I, I agree with you on the, uh, and you're talking just from the media point of view of, um, other businesses, filmmakers, uh, distributors, what have you, groups, um, you know, uh, wanting to keep their piece of the pie financially and whatnot. I'm telling you, when you get oh, Boeing and what, my dad used to work for Rockwell International, the automotive division, folks, settle down, settle down. It wasn't anything, you know, his, his big specialty in engineering was slack adjuster brakes for semi-trucks. Wasn't anything glamorous. Was it UFO stuff? Um, or maybe that was just his cover story. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyhow, um, <laughs> but when you get these big corporations and companies working, uh, you know, General Electric, things like that, you know, a lot of money. There's a lot of money. Money that you guys don't even realize how much money. And, you know, and if they're getting their tech from, you know, they, they don't want that well to dry up, I would imagine. I wouldn't if I was running that. Uh, no, these guys have With, absolutely no interest in sharing this information. None whatsoever. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's real bad what we're dealing with. The, the level of secrecy, mm. the level of corruption that has gone into this um, this this, this cover up of, of the truth is uh, it's pretty off the charts, and it, it's hard to watch. And some there would be times when I was working on this movie when I'm I'm editing these things these people are saying. And and I would just sit back and shake my head because I know you know there's a lot of stuff in there where people that we think are are really cool and they're our friends and, and isn't it great that they're coming forth and selling us things? They're not really doing that. They're they're directly mm. continuing to perpetrate the new narratives or just not tell the truth. And um, you know, people don't really get that first time through the movie, but about the second time through it, you realize that that's that's going on. 
And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.love. S-H-A-C-K-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y dot com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. Ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime. And treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit MakingCancerHistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rockscare, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings, 
From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. So, I remember, watching your documentary reminded me of a, an encounter, not a UFO encounter, folks. Don't, don't settle down. It's nothing crazy like that. Nothing, nothing exciting like that. But about 30 years ago, I was trying to figure out, I was thinking about it. So I thought about this when I was watching the documentary. I, um, I knew a guy. I worked at this crazy store uh, when I was a kid, this punk rock store. And this guy, I don't know, he was into leather or whatever but he used to come in and his day job he was he was a file clerk or something he worked at Tankcom there in Detroit where they built tanks that's what they did and I had watched some documentary on PDF back 30 years ago that's where you watch documentaries um, and it was about fighter pilot or fighter jets or something like that and I was telling him I'm like man I watched this cool I can't believe they can do this. And he started laughing. And I said, what's funny? And he goes, man, anything you see on a documentary on TV like that is going to be about 20 years behind what they can actually do if shit really went down. <laughs> you know, they're not going to put that out there for everybody to know. And it reminded me of that. I was like, you know, yeah, he probably, I always thought he was kind of embellishing. Probably wasn't, <laughs> you know. And he wasn't anybody of importance, you know. He just worked at the factory. Um, yeah, this is so crazy. This is so crazy. And, you know, there's so many topics. Um, you know, I tell you what got scary is when everybody started talking about other dimensions and extra-dimensional stuff. and everything. I don't know. Hairs on my arms started going up. I could see how uncomfortable it was making your guests talking about some of that the quantum entanglement and that kind of stuff, you know. Um, it's crazy. It was, it was so cool. It was so cool to see. And you captured all this. Amazing. Amazing. Um, let me ask you this. Did you, obviously, you had a game plan going into making this documentary, you know. Um, did it go pretty much how you thought it would, or did it just go off in all these crazy directions? No, you know, it's very interesting. Um, before I even started the first edit, I had, you know, how when you're making a film, it's a lot of times it's on the wall on post-it notes. Uh, those post-it mm-hmm. notes are actually still on the wall. And and two <laughs> years after I put the post-it notes on the wall, it's still the same exact movie. The only thing that changed is that I added a lot of people that I didn't think I was going to get. It, originally, it was around mostly around Lou Elizondo and our interview and some other material that I had with him. But, um, you know, then I went out and, and I was able to get Gary Nolan, and I and I got Ralph Blumenthal and Michio Kaku and Tim Burchett, and those guys were not originally um, going to be in it. So it, it, it's the same film. It just got better. It's so it's so crazy. It, it, yeah, I mean, you have all these big names and whatnot. Lou, I mean, that's a guy who can't say too much, and he's obviously he knows a lot more and he admits he's like i can't talk about that <laughs> you know i i like living you know i like being yeah you know that interview with lou alexander was very rare he uh he pretty much when he got in with ttsa he he was surrounded by what i guess for lack of a better phrase handlers who were making sure that his media appearances were controlled 
that he didn't get into studio situations. You see Lou a lot on, on the Internet giving these interviews, but they're these, you know, really rough-looking, like, Zoom calls. Um, this interview was properly lit in a studio environment on a green screen, and I'm, like, the only guy besides A&E and maybe a couple other people that have an interview of this quality. And um, there was there was definitely some tussling about the, the whole situation and the fact that this interview existed. And there were some people that did not want to see me uh, use it, even though it was my interview, fair and square. I fought, I, I, I was threatened over it. Mm. Mm. Crazy. Crazy. You know, Ron, if it's any comfort, I always – my new joke that I tell cocktail parties about government surveillance, I'm always like, I feel sorry for anybody who's reading my emails. They are so – you know, that would be the worst job to have in the military because it's so boring. Nothing ever – there's nothing interesting at all in my stuff. Um, you, on the other hand, you probably have some good emails, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I heard from Nick Pope here. He's got some more evidence. Oh, my gosh. No. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, amazing. Amazing. John Alexander, the guy who isn't in the Army. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, John, Ron. John, you know, you're, I, I'm not going to be so pedestrian to ask you, well, do you believe in this stuff, you know, or anything? Let me ask you a, a different question. Do you have a plan for when something does concrete happen of the I told you so moment? <laughs> Are you going to have a big party? Are you going to have a web thing? <laughs> What's going to happen? Well, you know, a lot of people the field are, are feeling pretty vindicated by the last few years of, of rollout that I'm, you know, I'm not going to be happy until we know the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. Um, where, what we're getting right now is an engineered story. It's designed to, you know, let us know that we're not alone because at some point they have to tell us before these things are so obvious that, that they just can't hide them anymore. Uh, but to do it in such a way that they can get away with all the BS they've been putting on us for the, for the last almost 100 years. So the, you right. know, the people that are in control of this information are walking a very fine line. And, and that is basically, you know, the thing that, that is at play here. And that's what we're seeing unfold in the media is there's people that want this information out and there's people that don't. And the stakes are high and the battle lines are drawn. It's amazing. It's amazing. I learned so much. I had no idea about the 1941 Missouri case. I had no idea about it. Um, you know, I knew Roswell. Hell, they had a TV show about it. You know, of course I knew Roswell, um, just from pop culture. So many of these. Um, what was it? It was uh, was it Richard Dolan? I can't. The, the British guy was that Nick Pope? Somebody? No, I, I think yeah, it was Richard Pope. Dolan. When he or Nick Pope when yeah. he when he got a uh, when they took his poster down, <laughs> came into work. My photo's gone. My poster. That yeah, would that piss was me pretty off. Cool. You know. And then you guys found the po- the picture. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? And he actually he actually had to deal with that. Gosh, it's. You know, again, I I think, and I'm no expert in this, folks. I, you know, I really am not. And that's why I hang out with people who are. Thing is, is. Obviously, there's something happening. And I'll tell you something else. Usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And 
there seems to be a lot of, of disinformation happening for nothing to see. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. A lot of people in suits telling me don't worry about it. I'm going to be, I think something's happening, you know? Not saying it's bad. I'm just saying something is happening, obviously. You know, it's, it's you know. So this is cool. So this is out. It's on Amazon. Um and it's it's fantastic. It's my favorite documentary of the year. I'm into this stuff, though. I, I, I'm fascinated by it. Uh, Accidental Truth, folks. Accidental Truth, UFO Revelations. And um, hey, where do you fall? Is there is there a is it UAP or UFO or are they interchangeable? Like orcs and goblins. Well, it depends on who you talk to. You know, the government's trying to uh, trying to rebrand, rebrand. everything as UAP. Get rid of that UFO stigma that's been around for so long. But the thing about that is, uh, you know, what's the point? It's, you know, they're changing it all the time. And now it's like, um, it was if UAP was unidentified aerial phenomenon, then they're like, well, no, let's just change that to um, uh, what is the new one? It's um, unidentified anomalous phenomenon or something like that because they're, they're you know, they can't, they can't call it aerial anymore. Because it's right. not just aerial, <laughs> so, so no, now we have that. No. So, yeah, they're doing the it's best crazy. they can. That's what they have to work with. The problem is, yeah, we're watching this thing unfold in the mainstream. This very organized manner of, okay, we're going to slowly, we're going to act like we don't know anything about any of this. We're going to slowly roll this out, and we're going to involve the public, and it's just, it's all lies. You know, I, I don't think that the people that are sitting there, like like today on the NASA um, press conference, I honestly don't think those people understand that that there, this level of deception that's at play. I don't think they're a part of it. They're just sort of um, <laughs> they're they're along for the ride. Um, it, it happened, and and they're not ready. These guys do not know. Even Lou Elizondo, I don't believe, is read in to where to the whole point where he knows the things that other people know that that are basically, you know, the those of us who are in the field and we know the history of the deception, we know the history of of what's been going on and how they've covered it up and what they've covered up. That is beyond what the officials are told. So they can't come out and say we know what's going on because nobody's told them. And the people who study this, like like us that are doing this research, we know a whole different story that is so far beyond the official story that uh, you know the people who think they know the official story they they don't even know. Right. They're gonna probably gonna be on that. You know what? What is plausible deniability? They always say in the movies and stuff. And yeah, you know it's it's sad. Well, it's, it's sad that we. And it's it's, it's such bad. a waste of time. It is such a waste of time. Um, you know, keeping this in the dark, everybody, this doesn't get me to Mars any quicker. That's all I'm saying. I want to paint on Olympus Mons. Come on. Um, you know, you've got to get me there. No, but seriously, it is a waste of time. because. But it didn't surprise me, you know, because I think there's a lot of money. I think... When Roswell happened, this is just my personal opinion, ladies and gentlemen. I have no proof to back any of this up. I've just, I'm just turning into an old man. I've been around a little bit. I think if something when it, when something like that happened, the first thing 
yes, guys, you know, with metal detectors probably showed up, but there were some old guys around going, how can we make this into money? How can we get richer from this, you know? Um, get some flatbeds out there, load that up, take it apart and see what we can do. And Next we have those. Yeah, well, no, we have the metal material, yeah. you know? There's a contingency um, going on where there was money to be made and a whole lot of other things that made it very easy to perpetrate this deception. It, it was about money and it was about a lot of other things that we don't think about. No, very true. Very it's true. Not, it, it was well, technology that people wanted to keep to themselves. It was about, uh, you know, a genuine interest in not really knowing how to face the public with this. There is, there is part of that that, that I think was true. That they, they just, they didn't really know what, what to say. What are you going to say? going to go up and say, well, we've encountered these crafts. We've encountered this technology. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they want. We have, we're absolutely powerless against them. Um, you know, that's not going to be a popular thing to drop on people. No. no. All they've done is get us this book and we figured out it's a title to serve man. No, that's bad. And we My Twilight Zone fans will get it. Um, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's zany. Let me ask you real quick, Ron, before I, uh, while I've got you, um, I know independent filmmakers. I, I'm, I'm friends with a bunch, yourself included. The gears are always turning for the next project. I understand with producers and, and all this kind of stuff that goes on in, in the filmmaking world, you can't always mention what that project is. I want to see more of your work, though, because you're so good at it. I'm, I'm selfish. Um, is the next project happening? Is, like, is that, are the wheels turning for that? Well, I'm taking a little time off UFO land to do some, uh, some stuff in, in the music field. Um, so that's what nice. I'm working on right now. But, uh, you know, my, my interests are beyond just UFOs. And one of the things that I do a lot of work in is um, the, life after death and the nature of reality kind of things. And so I'm oh, working really? on all of so, so that's really fun. Um, so I'm doing the, uh, I'm, I'm doing one about uh, the near-death experiences and ghost hunting and the scientific question of whether or not consciousness survives death. Um, so that's that's going to be a fun one, and I think that'll be my next feature. I might end up making nice. a documentary about the horrible things I've been through making this movie because I'll tell you something: <laughs> the, the, between between crooked people and threats and nonsense, and, and I've never experienced a level of treachery that, that I have doing this film. Really? And it's all starts, yeah. And folks, Ron, for a big chunk of his life, was in the music business, and he's saying this. That, for those who don't know, <laughs> that could be a pretty crazy yeah, business. It's, it's awful. It's, 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 it's really bad. Um, they call it the game, and you don't realize that, that that that's what it is until you're in the middle of it and um and watching these little tricks that they play and things that they do uh all through the entire process it's been it's been a, a nightmare but the film is out it's there for people i literally have put blood sweat and tears into making it so i hope people like it and and i hope no, people absolutely. go out there and get it. absolutely and, and absolutely people, and... like we we have our we have our t-shirts that we made and 
and they're available on our site, accidentaltruthswithans.com. Thank you again so much, Ron. Hey, everybody, we're going to convert this to a podcast. We're going to blast it out all over uh, social media and um, on all the podcasting platforms. Wherever you stream or download podcasting, a pod, your podcast on, we're on them, man. We're on over 750 of them. Yeah, oh, wow. Believe it that there's, there's actually been, well, 749 people that went, well, I want to start a business. I think I'll start, a, you know, posting podcasts. There's already a bunch of them. Anyway, I'm glad we're on it. And I'm glad for those people and the listeners. Awesome, Ron. Well, I will have this. This will probably be dropping in about an hour, everybody. Um, be cool, and we will uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks, Ron. And I'm glad you liked the film. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Fantastic film. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rox's Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rock, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rock's Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Love Talk Radio.